1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I just want to read from the 19th verse, hallelujah. Verse 19 says, For though I am free, though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, hear it, I became as one under the law. And then here's the brackets, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became one as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. It says, I have become all things. Everybody say all things. All things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And he says, I do it all hey, for the sake of of the gospel the euangelion that i may share with them in its blessing on your way to your seat give your neighbor a high five tell them god has called you come on to get out come on get out listen fam uh, many people wonder and they ask me pastor andrew why is it that you are so you know um you're just so on fire for the lord and why is it in fact uh this coming sunday ironically is my 15th year of pastoral ministry. I've been pastoring by God's grace for 15 years, not here in Toronto, but we lived and served in the States for 14 years, uh, even before coming home and planting this church. And God, God has been faithful. And some wonder, and you say, why? You know, and God just radically transformed my life so much uh, through the invite of one person. Because somebody stepped out of their comfort zone, as I partially shared last week with a guy who literally had lost his mind because I smoked a season spliff. Come on, somebody. And literally lost my mind. And I was out there and somebody invited me to church and my God delivered me. That's why I tell y'all when I preach about deliverance, when I teach about healing and breakthrough, I'm a witness. One or two witnesses in here with me this morning that know that he's a delivering God. And God rectified and restored my mind. And he completely shifted things for me through an invite of one person. And so this is why I believe not only in the delivering power of the Lord, but I believe in the power of an invite. The power that is in the commission and the call for us to get out. One more time, say get out. And you know, when I first got saved, man, I was just, God radically transformed me. And my wife will tell you when we were dating back in those days, because she's been my day oneer, fam, for real. Like she was there, as I've been telling you, from day dot, like it's been on and popping. And my wife, I, she, you, they would be in the car with me. And I was that guy that it did not matter where I was, especially if I was going through the drive through you were going to hear the gospel. It was going to be like, hey, can I get a big, it's always a, at first it was a veggie burger meal. Uh, so if you had a veggie burger meal, that was what I was going for. Otherwise, I was going to go for the fish combo. But while I was asking you, it'd be like, can I get a number six? And by the way, are you saved? I'd be asking them, be like, if you were to die today, would you be with the Lord? 
I was just that guy. Like every single drive through, every per- I was so just so lit. I was just ready to tell and ask and figure out. I figured that you know what? If 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 we are in this burning building called Earth. And we're suffering from spiritual smoke inhalation to the place where our lungs, we're getting to the place where we're asphyxiating on what's going on around us. I figured I'm like, the least I could do, can't force nobody, but the least that I could do was to at least warn someone, encourage them and tell them that there's a God and that there's a love that surpasses anything. Oh, I just got goosebumps. It surpasses anything that this tainted world has to offer and that, that God can, can, can get you to the place where, where you can be made alive. Your life can be completely transformed just as it, because it, it was so real to me when he healed me from asthma and he delivered me, you know, to where I could do things that I couldn't do because I was bound by the disease for so many years. You know, I just had to. I was like, I got to tell somebody. Now, the thing was, my intentions were great. And I had the greatest of intentions. I had the greatest of zeal. You know, I was so excited. I was so stoked. But how many of you know that it's not always the most effective to drive up in the drive through line, especially when that person is just trying to finish their shift so they can get home and watch Netflix. Come on, somebody. To be telling them and asking them questions about if they go into hell. They're like, listen, fam, just order your food. Do you want ice in your drink or not? And that was just the vibe that I carried. And the thing is, my intentions and, and you know, were right. And my heart was in, a right, in the right place. But, you know, I had what the Bible and what many would call its zeal without wisdom. In other words, in other words, as we're talking about getting out, for those who missed it, I want to encourage you to go back to the message from last week. SurfCity.ca forward slash get out. You can go right to the message there and take a listen. But I want to continue because we were challenging you around uh, the fact that God has not called us just to be saved. He didn't just save you so you could be excited about how saved you are. Didn't just save you so you could be excited that one day you're going to go to be with Jesus and you're going to have a mansion in the sky and all this wonderful. That is not the main reason why you were saved. But God has saved you and your assignment on the earth is to get out of your comfort zone. Oh, I believe somebody's going to get delivered to get, to get out of your house, to get out, to get out of the insecurities that you have because you realize that it's not your power. But it's God who causes transformation to happen in people's lives. And I just want to set somebody free. This is just some perspective stuff before I even get into the message today. Because there's some of you who think you're responsible for transforming people's lives. You think that you're Holy Ghost Junior. And so you think that it's you that transforms people's lives. And so from some of you, from a prideful place, like unless I show up, you know, nothing ain't happening. But some of us from a place of insecurity, you're like, oh man, oh, this sucks. I've been trying so hard and I've been yelling till I'm blue in the face and I've been praying and I've been praying and I don't see any transformation happening. It's not 
your job to transform people. It is, I'm so glad it's not my responsibility. Come on. And for you arrogant folk that think it's you that transform lives and that you're the best thing since sliced bread, he who humbleth himself will be exalted, but pride goes before destruction. It's not you. It's not me. It's the power of the Lord that transforms people's lives. Are you still with me? And so we need to understand as I want to challenge your perspective because, you know, you, you, you need to understand that there, there has to be a strategy around effective ministry. In the initial phases, I was just, and this is just some perspective stuff, as I said, initially I was just focused on getting the message out there. I was just focused on telling people, hey, God loves you. Jesus died for your sins. He rose from the dead with all power. This is the gospel. This is the, as the Bible calls it, the euangelion, the Greek for the word gospel or good news. I was just excited about getting that out there. But I wasn't as excited about people or, or concerned about whether or not I was being effective in my presentation. And so the challenge, what I, what I want to encourage you around, what I want to encourage you around is the fact that there is strategy. There has to be strategy around not just ministry, but effective ministry. If we are going to reach people, there is a methodology that has to be applied in order for us to be able to effectively reach folk. There is a method to our madness at Serve City. Some people come and they're like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you the lights the way they are? Why do you the screens? Why we need screens now? Why do you have this? Why do you have why? Why is there you? Some people ask these questions, but even our environment and our atmosphere are conducive to reaching a certain type of people. The reason why we are loving the way we are. Some of you, you walk in and you're like, why are they tell me about welcome home? It's my first time, fam. It's because we know that some of y'all and some of the people that we're reaching are coming from broken homes. Come on. And we've got the testimony that when some of y'all walk in the door and you hear welcome home, that's the first welcome home that you have heard in years. And some of y'all get transformed just by that basic declaration. Why we say stuff like no perfect people allowed. Some people, they, they say, well, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say that people can just be sinners and people can just, you know, it's only religious, pharisaical people that be caring about that stuff. When you realize that you yourself need the Lord. Oh, man, I wonder if it's one or two witnesses. When you realize, like I always say, your boo-boo don't smell like Chanel number five and you jack up and there are things in your life that are off and need to be changed and transformed. You realize that if you need it, then somebody else needs it, too. And the reason why lots of people aren't getting transformed and experiencing the deliverance that God has for us is because church presents itself as this spick and span. Come on, somebody. Place where you got to have it all together. Since when you go to the hospital because you're well. This is why we're intentional about saying no perfect people allowed. Not because we endorse sin, but because we want to create a space where people can come as they are and expect to experience a life transforming savior. Somebody give God praise if you believe it in this morning. So there's a strategy. You know, yes, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes, the command is to get out. But how are we getting out? Are we pushing people away with our getting out? Or are we winning people with, our, with us getting out? 
Are we being a part of actually winning people or are we pushing them away? And this is where I want to challenge us today. As we're talking about this topic, get out. As we're, as we're getting ready to serve this community, serve City Church, I believe as we open our doors officially that God is getting ready to send people. Come on, even though we've seen incredible things in just two years, I believe that God is getting ready. Can I just declare it prophetically over this house that God is getting ready to do incredible things in our lives? as we serve and in the lives of thousands upon thousands in this community and in the GTA and it's all, and as we get ready for this we have to evaluate how it is that we are getting out how it is that we are reaching people for Jesus we are to preach to every creature but how are we preaching to every creature I think a lot of people peg themselves as martyrs Oh, people don't like me. And a lot of times it's not because of the message, but it's because you're just not using wisdom as you present. It's because you're going into certain environments and poking the beehive as opposed to be and, and unwill trying to force feed people something that needs to be accepted willingly. Oh man, I just hope y'all are reading between the lines and hearing what I'm trying to say today because I'm just trying to let you know it's a lot of people that are claiming to be martyrs, but it's just because you're not using wisdom. You're not setting yourself up for success. You're not using the methods that are biblical in order to, being in a, to, to, to reach people effectively. One more time, say effective ministry. And I love this because as we talk about it, you know, some of you, you get discouraged when it comes to ministry. And when it comes to evangelism, because you don't understand that sometimes it's not going to be you that actually is going to see the harvest of the seeds you plant in people's lives. There's a principle in the same in the same book of first Corinthians. Keep your finger in chapter 10, but I want you to go to chapter three. Look at what look at what Paul says in another area in regards to ministry and this is an incredible chapter in first Corinthians chapter 3 I encourage you to read it for yourself write it down check it out but look at what Paul says in verse 5 and onward he says what then is Apollos who's one of his co-laborers what is Paul who or what is Paul he says servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each so God will assign people to your path He'll put them next to you on the bus. That person that you can't stand in the cubicle next to you, it might be your assignment. <laughs> and you're praying for God to move you from the darkness when darkness, when light does its best work in a place that is dark. Says he says, as is assigned to each, I planted Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. You never know what place you are in in somebody's life. When it comes to getting out and sharing the gospel, there's some of you, you've been discouraged. You're like, I've been trying with this person. I've been praying for this person. I bet you might be just the person that is planting. Come on. Or you might be the person who is watering the seeds that someone else planted. Come on. But the good thing is in basketball, there's something called an alley-oop. Oh my God, come on, come on. And see, you, you know, a good ball player is not just someone who scores, but it's someone who knows even how to assist in scoring. Uh, 
I don't know, I don't know. And see, the fact of the matter is that because we're on the same team, whether I'm the one who scores or I'm the one who throws the ball with the perfect timing, we all can celebrate because there's a win for the kingdom of God. I don't care if it's our church that plants the seed and someone else's church that waters and sees the score. At the end of the day, as long as the kingdom of God is advanced, that is a win for us because we're all a part of the same kingdom somebody give the lord praise that's why we pray for other churches that's why if you don't like this one come on it's a, it's a, i could list a whole bunch of them that are friends of ours that you can go and be a part of because at the end of the day we just want to see the kingdom advanced so you could be in a place where you're planting or watering, but it's God. He reminds us, like I told you earlier, who gives the increase. But we all score because we're on the same team. Man, that's freeing for somebody right there. And so when we talk about evangelism and getting out, I just want to talk about some practical things in our lives as we're shifting perspective. Because I told you we're all called, as last week I told you, every believer is called to be a preacher. It's through the preaching of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. That and the love of that, that's the, that, that is the embodiment of Christ's love. When we preach that, when we display that, it's that that causes people to come to life, the Bible says. So we all are called. If you've believed it, we're called to declare it to those who are in our circle of influence. And we do this, we do this, uh, and this assignment is important to us and we have to check our perspective. So the first thing I want to talk about is that if we are going to get out and be effective in ministry, we have watched this. Number one, it's going to be on the screens for you. We've got to stay ready. Everybody say stay ready, stay ready. We got to stay ready. We've got to stay ready. We got to be to a place where we are. If you're going to be on mission, that means your life is on mission. When, we, when many of us think of evangelism, yes, this week, I'm going to call on some of you, those who are willing to come out and help us to hang some door hangers and all this wonderful stuff. That's going to be a great event. But how many of you know that getting out and living on mission is not an event? You don't need to wait for someone to be in a position where they say we're going to meet up at this time, at this hour, on the, in order to be on mission. If you are going to be on mission for Christ, you've got to stay ready. Come on. You've got to be to a place where you are always ready, where you give your yes to God and you let him put it on the map. Where you're always in a position where you're like, God, I'm ready and available to be used for you. If you can only give God a nine to God, God isn't looking for nine to five evangelists. He's not looking for you to be punching a time card. He wants you and I to be in a place where we're like, you know what? We are always ready. We are ready because at any point in time, come on, any point in time, God can use us to catch ourselves up. Come on, Ethiopian eunuch, to that person's chariot. God can call us to speak to the person next. We are always on mission because the single most important thing that your assignment is on this earth is to call other people into a loving relationship with Jesus and too many of us are ready to stress we stay ready to stress we stay ready to worry about things that we don't even have the power to change but we're but then we get an attitude when God tells us to go and serve somebody 
Oh, Lord, don't you know what I have to do? Oh, well, pastor, you know, I could serve on team, but X, Y, and Z, such, 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 such. Oh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just, I can't do this. I can't do that. Can I just walk down the road for a second? You know, because of such, 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 such. Like the most important thing in your life is not serving and not getting out there and loving on people. And encouraging them to become a part of Christ. You can't say amen. You got to say ouch. It's okay. So look. I love it. This is what Paul says. Because I want you to understand this. This is some beautiful stuff. When we talk about staying ready. Uh, in, the book of, uh, in the book of Philippians. After the pattern of Christ. Philippians chapter 2. I love what it says about Jesus. In the fifth verse says. Have this mind among yourselves. Which is yours in Christ Jesus. And have this mind in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Who though he was in the form of God. Did not count equality with god here it is the gospel again a thing to be grasped but made himself nothing taking on the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross and he, therefore god is ex highly exalted and behold it be stowed upon him a name that is above every name so at the name of jesus every knee should bow this is why we worship and in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father this is the mindset that we have to have god was spirit john chapter 4 lets us know and john chapter 1 verse 14 says that the word or jesus put on flesh and dwelt among us and he lived literally on mission through the earth. He, even though he was in the form of God, he put it aside and walked in humanity, in, our, in flesh to, to identify with us, to live in a manner that we could connect with so that we could experience the life transforming love. Are you doing that for those who are around you? Are you empathizing and sympathizing with those who are in your, your circle of influence? How are you? Are you staying ready? One more time. Say, stay ready. Not only this, if we're going to get out and be effective in getting out, we got to be to the place where we serve all. Everybody say, serve all. So we're not only staying ready, but we're serving all. You and I, we got to be to a place now. And before I even go there, let's look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians in our passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at what he says in, in, in uh, verse 19 through 23. For I am free from all. For though I am free from all, I have made myself, in likeness of the Savior, a servant to all. Everybody say servant to all. A servant to all that I might win more of them. This is so powerful. Then he goes on and says to Jews, I became Jews. To people who were under the law, I became as someone under the law. As, as someone, uh, as, you know, to people who were not under the law, I became like them without compromising God's word in order to win these people. And this is a powerful concept because Paul here is saying, I'm willing to be a chameleon. I'm willing on the outside to change because see some of y'all when you hear chameleon when you hear serving all you're like i gotta change up for people no 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 one's telling you to change what's on the inside but sometimes you got to make some shifts and changes on the outside on the way that you would do things and your methodology so that we can affect and reach those who god has called us to reach 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, though I am free from all, I've made myself a servant to all. In other words, yo, because some of y'all, you're like, "Mm -mm, I don't care about them. You don't control my life. I'm not living for you. I'm living my best life. I'm not going to say the next part, but. And you're like, that's that's the way that you are. And that's your focus. But he says, notice, I'm not. He says, I'm free from all. I've made myself a servant to all. So it's willingly because he loves God and he loves his gospel. He says, I've made myself, I've humbled myself as a servant. Come on. Uh, where, where is God calling you to do so in your circle of influence? But you're living your best life and you're not focused on nobody else. If we are lovers of Christ and if we are to be individuals that are working to serve Christ, we've got to be individuals that have the heart of Christ and be, have the mind of Christ. That even though he was God, he put it aside so that he could effectively reach those in his circle of influence. Ministry is not cookie cutter, fam. You've got to be sensitive to where you can reach people effectively where you're at. Some people need you to say something. Some people just need your air. Some people need your finances because no matter how you preach to them, their belly's grumbling still. Come on, somebody. And they don't need your spiritual help. First, they need your physical help. And we see that example in Christ. Jesus did not deal with everybody the same way. And a God bless you and a should about a Honda, tell my yellow bow tie. That is not going to clothe the naked person or feed that hungry person. I caught that alley-oop. Eh. But so the point is, though, that we got to get to the place where we are understanding it's not cookie cutter. And we got to be sensitive. Sensitive to be able to do what it is that God has called for us to do. I remember when I first planted our church, uh, the first church that I ever planted, it was a college church uh, in Berrien Springs, Michigan. It's a town with two stoplights, right? Lots of, you know, lots of people were there, but it's a town of two stoplights. You had to drive like 10 minutes to Walmart. It was just, it was insane. It was pretty crazy. And we were out in this city and this is where we were at. It was a college town for the most part. And I had come... I came out of a environment, right, where I was, it was high church, right? It was high church. I would be preaching in robes. We were preaching robes and, and, and all of this stuff and collars and, you know, the big church hats and the mothers would be in the front blocking everybody. No one can see nothing, you know? And it was just, it was an incredible experience for me. That was where my life was transformed and impacted and changed. And so guess what? When God called me to go and plant the church that he called me to plant in the college town, guess what I did? I went there. I came with my robes and my suits, three pieces and collars and gator shoes. Come on, somebody from Detroit. And it was just, it was serious. And we went out there and I tried to do church the same way that it was in that environment where we were. Not realizing if you're going to reach college kids, nobody ever told me that I need to be a chameleon and I need to be all things to all people. And I needed to shift some stuff without shifting the message in order to impact people where we were. We God used us to impact people, but we could have impacted so many more if we just shifted a few things. And too many of us make idols out of methodologies that God has not called us to. Come on, somebody. And so we practice methodology idolatry. 
And we need to tear those idols down because there are some people, there are people in your life who you are assigned to, but you are not reaching because of your method. And we be bashing people and we be going after people and we be acting the fool. And we did we wonder why is it that people are not being apart? Why is it that people are not experiencing transformation? Well, it many times it's because we need to check our method. See, I'm just staying there. Serving all. He says, I become all things to all people to serve some. You know, it's one of the things that I thought was pretty cool. As I was studying for this message, I was looking at some things, and it's nuts. In fishing. There are sometimes I was looking, I was like, let me look at look up some different ways in which people fish. There are different ways for you to fish. I went to Montana uh, last year and, you know, I got to go out to Montana. Yo, fam, it was a long way from the hood. We were out in the boonies. We were shooting stuff. I was shooting with an AR-15 blowing stuff up. It was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And we went fly fishing on the Bighorn River. It was just incredible. God had an, an amazing fishing trip, right? And so the fly fishing is different than just regular fishing. And when you're fishing in different environments, you can use different types of bait. And I started researching and found out there are people who fish with soap. Isn't that crazy? There are people who fish with soap there are people, they're telling me, people who fish with dog food. There are people who fish with little marshmallows. There are people, there are people who fish with chewing gum. Because you don't reach all the, it's the, you don't reach different fish the exact same way. And there are different methods for reaching. Now notice, I'm not saying that we compromise, we compromise the message. But sometimes it might take some soap. Some of y'all are like, soap? Are you out of your mind? But it might, be, it might be that bait. You sharing something about yourself that you cannot share with other people. But God has compelled you to share it with this one person who needs to hear this thing. Because it's that that will lead to life transformation. You and I got to stay ready and serve all. So we can be in a place and be open to what the Lord will lead us to do so that we can reach people for Jesus. Are you still with me? Not only this, not only this. I want to give you uh, number three is to stand strong. And in case you haven't realized, they're all starting with S's. That's just the vibe that I'm in. Stand strong. Look at your neighbor. Tell them stand strong. Stand strong. Come on. Tell them stand strong. Stand strong. Because notice Paul says in the text. He says, to the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ. And so he goes on and he says, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. So he says he's willing to do anything that he can. But when he is challenged by things that are outside of the parameters of God's word, he says that he's still standing strong in that sort of a position. So he's outside. He's, he's willing to be in a position where he is open to being a servant of all, but he's not willing to compromise God's word. 
And the issue is that many of us, many of us, yes, we're okay with reaching people in unconventional manners, but the issue is that in our reaching people, we're getting, we're doing the very things that are causing them to stumble in the first place. Can I just talk to myself? I know, I know that, you know, like it's been to a place where I've gone to bars and I've hung out with people, you know, in bars and going to minister, minister to them. And I'm that guy you will catch in the bar. You will catch. I, 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 I'll go in places that people would not expect, expect and do stuff that people would not expect for me to do it. But I'm not in the bar getting sloshed with the people that I'm hanging with. Come on, somebody. Because although I'm in an unconventional place that people will look at a pastor and say you shouldn't be in this place. It don't mean that I'm going to go and compromise what God has taught us in regards to a, dr a lifestyle of drunkenness. So we got to be to a place where we are open, where we are open to being used by God, but we stand strong for God's word. Because we live in a generation where people are looking for acceptance and people are looking, acceptance is fantastic. But acceptance that pushes you outside of what God has called you to do, come on, and who God has called you to be is sin. And when we get to a place where we are so open and we are so accepting, but we don't stand on what God has called us to, this is a place of compromise and this is not what God has called us to. So we got to stand strong. I, I remember as I'm sharing this, I remember uh, the story and I'm hurrying to a close. But in the book of Daniel, we find in Daniel chapter 3, and especially uh, in Daniel chapter 3 around the 12th verse, we find that Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, what he decided was that he wanted to build a temple. Write this down. Not only a temple, sorry, a statue. He wanted to build this statue for people to worship. And Daniel and his friends were in this environment. And the Bible makes it clear. His friends named Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. I mean, a bad Abednego. And, well, and so they're in this position and you know and they were they were like everybody is bowing down and it's crazy because if you look at this in verse 12 bible says uh bible says in verse 12 there are certain jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of babylon shadrach meshach and abednego these men O king pay no attention to you they don't serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that they be brought before him. And he ends up asking them uh, and says, is it true, you guys, that you're not serving my gods or worshiping my idols? And he says, now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, and all these various instruments, he says, go ahead and worship. But if you don't worship, you will be immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of their hands? The society we live in is very similar to this. There are various forms of idolatry that have been set up for our worship. And the world is looking for us to jump on the bandwagon. And to fall in line and bow in worship to a lot of the ideologies and the, the forms of idolatry that are there for us today. 
But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, look at what they said in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God who we serve, hallelujah, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your dumb idols. Come on, your false gods. I'm, that's the G. Andrew Beresford version. But he's saying, even though y'all are looking at us crazy, come on, we're not going to fall in line and be like the sheeple that are around us. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. And sometimes your greatest witness is you standing for something when everybody else is falling for all the stuff that's around. And so God is calling us to get out and stand strong. Your compromise taints your witness. And many of us where we are falling and where we are being to a place where we're ineffective is because we're compromising. Yes, be open and yes, be individuals that go out and reach people. But make sure that you are standing for God's word and what it is that he says. Even if like Daniel and his friends, if like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you get thrown into the fire. Them talking about you. You get thrown into the fire where they're lying on you. You get thrown into the fire where you get fired from off your job. Oh my God. You know, the fact of the matter is that all of these things are nowhere in comparison to what will happen when you stand for the truth of God's word. There are blessings beyond blessings, beyond blessing, beyond anything that in that environment that you were ousted out of for standing strong. There are there, those environments are nowhere in comparison to what God has for you on the other side. Somebody ought to give God praise in that moment because they say, even if you throw us in the fire and he doesn't deliver us out, we're still not going to bow. And so they're, 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 their faithfulness to God was not based upon them getting a yes and them being presumptuous, but it was based upon who their God was and the fact that he deserved their worship. And so he ends up throwing them, fast forward, spoiler, he throws them in the fire. And then the same king, this is why I'm telling you, it's about evangelism, watch. Because the same king, the people who threw them in the fire, the fire was so hot because the king turned it up in its haze that it killed the people on the outside. And if that wasn't enough, then the king looks inside and he says, hold up a second, I thought we threw three men bound in the fire. And he says, we actually didn't throw three men bound. He said, we threw three men bound, but now I see four men loosed. Because even though God did not deliver them out of the fire, come on somebody, he was present with them right there in the middle of the fire. I just feel a preach creeping up on me in this moment. I want to let somebody know today, you might be right in the middle of the fire and you might be feeling like, hey, what in the world is happening? I feel like I got to compromise. Maybe I should just bow. You know, God knows my heart. I'll just ask for forgiveness after. But no, I'm here to tell you that even if you're in the place where you're getting thrown in the fire, you got to be like you know what it's all right dumb devil because even if you throw me in the fire i serve a god come on who is present with me in the fire and even if he doesn't bring me out of the fire i know that he'll be with me right in the middle of it i don't know who i'm talking to on this morning but somebody needs to give god praise because he's right there with you in the middle of it That's why I say it's evangelism. The king ends up noticing Jesus in the fire because they stood strong. 
And the, 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 the king ends up in chapter four, if you read it, he ends up relisting and putting a praise out for God. He acknowledges the same people who were questioning which God is going to bring you out. Got to end up falling prostrate before him when they see how he brought you out. Come on. There's people who are looking at you saying you should have bowed by now to the to the pressures. You should have gone and hit that crack pipe. You know what you, you come on, somebody. You should have gone back to where it was that you came from based upon what's going on in your life. And they're like, which God is going to bring you out because of what's going through and you have an opportunity by standing strong for them to be able to see the same God keep you in it or keep you through it or bring you out of it and give him the glory somebody give God praise and so then number four number four you know with this consequently I would say you gotta suffer well somebody say suffer well you got to stay ready, serve all, stand strong, suffer well. You got to be to the place where when suffering happens, that's one of the greatest times for us to be on mission for Christ. When people look at you and I and they see that instead of giving up and throwing in the towel, when they see that instead of, of, of you know, throwing up the fingers to heaven and saying it's over, that you suffer well. What do I mean by this? No, you're not grateful for the pain that you're experiencing, but you know, Romans 8, 28, all things are working together for good to them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. This is why the Bible can declare in the book of James that we're to count it all joy when you enter into trials of various kinds because the trial of your faith work patience and let patience have its perfect work in you that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing God is calling us and building us through the stuff we face so you can have joy and when you have joy in the middle of the chains people look and they're like man what in the world I need what they have Oh man, I just feel victory. I just feel victory. I feel victory. Uh, suffer well. Acts chapter 16, write this down. Verse 16 through 40. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it's powerful because when we look at that passage, we find Paul and Silas. They show up in a prison. And they're in this prison talking about suffering well because they cast the devil out of a girl who was in a position where she was a psychic. See, some of y'all think it's okay to go to the psychic. Shameless plug. No, that's a spirit of divination. Spirit of witchcraft. I want you to understand the spirit of divination and witchcraft is real. And it's not from the Lord. Come on. And even though they can tell you stuff about yourself and all this, that is not from the Lord. It is a foreign and a demonic influence. Come on, somebody. And Paul and Silas, they cast the devil out of this girl. And as a result, they get thrown into prison. And when they get into prison, what happens? Are they moping? Are they tripping? No, the Bible says that Paul and Silas found themselves singing songs and hymns. Come on, somebody. They're, they're saying, I hear, my hope is built on nothing less hey, than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus. Right in the chains, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace through every high and stormy gale my anchor holds 
within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. They're in the prison and they are singing hymns and the oh, I feel his power. Come on somebody. Ah oh, man, Weezy, I feel breakthrough coming your way. I believe it. I mean right in the middle of it. I, right here, the Lord, right in the middle of it. God's got breakthrough for your life. Come on. I feel it right in the middle of the prison. The earthquake started to happen because they were singing hymns and suffering well suffering well is one of the greatest attractions when you're in the midst of it but you don't let it get the best of you where you still focus on the gospel you still focus Jesus is still on the throne come on and as long as he's still sitting the same place that he was yesterday which is on the throne then everything is gonna be all right come on not even death is the end Jesus the crew the gospel lets us know that not even death I feel like preaching this thing not even death is the end for those who trust in him so not even death should get us to the place where we throw in the towel and quit because there's more beyond this Paul and Silas singing and they end up getting deliverance and watch why I say it's powerful because the jailer who was there he ends up getting saved and his whole household because of the way they conducted themselves in the prison oh man I don't know who's in the prison with you I don't know who's around you while you're suffering but God has a plan God has a plan for people in your life. If you would suffer well. And the last, last thing is to step out. Everybody say step out. God is calling you to step out. So you got to be to a place where you stay ready. Where you serve all. Where you stand strong. Where you suffer well. Now what you're going to do with all that? You got to step out. Step out of those insecurities because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's not you that's doing it. You just got to open your mouth and he'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the words that are necessary. He'll give you the words that are necessary to be able to communicate. You got to be to a place where you're open and step out. Oh man, I, I feel like there's just multitudes of souls attached to some of you. God has just multitudes of souls attached to some of you. There, there, there's breakthrough that is, that is pending in the lives of people who will, you will not be obedient in reaching. Oh my. And I just, I just sense, I just want to declare a release over you. Stop being passive. Get active. Your family members are dying. Your loved ones are passing. There are people around you that are going to a devil's hell that he did not design for them to go to. And you and I have the calling, the commission, the power if we open ourselves to the Lord to go out and to see these people be made to life and have transformation take place in their life. If this message was a blessing to you, go ahead and put those hands together and give the Lord praise in this moment. <laughs>